Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that realises last week's performance was unacceptable. This week on the podcast, I have taken steps to ensure that such levels of performance will not happen again. Hi David. Hi, how's it going? Scott, fuck off until Monday. I can't because I like Smiths, can it? Can't be because of my twat on Twitter, can it? No, it's because you're a cut. Fangio is one-day fantasy football. You select a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures, so you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win money if you're good enough in one day. First up, you choose your contest. You can play for free or put your own money on the line for bigger payouts. We've all entered the grand fan favourite this week. That covers the whole weekend's games. It's £5 entry with grand in prizes going to the top 400 football managers, including £750 to first place. Then you pick your dream team. You have £100 million to spend, no subs, no captains, just 11 shirts to fill and the perfect formation to find. Splash out on the dead certs and hunt out the hidden gems. It's the ultimate test of your football knowledge. FanDuel was designed by football fans like us and is powered by Optostats. It's about much more than goals, assists and clean sheets. Every pass, interception, every tackle, they've all got big implications. FanDuel scoring reflects a player's true performance, whatever the position. And we've got an offer for you. If you sign up with the promo code RANGERS, then FanDuel will return your entry free as free credit if you don't win cash in your first contest up to a tenner. So that £5 entry, £7.5 fan favourite that we've all entered, use the offer and then enter your team against ours. If you don't win cash, you'll get that entry fee returned as credit so you can play again for free next week. So, come on, go to fanduel.co.uk and enter our promo code RANGERS in the promo code field on sign up to bag this offer. It's available in the UK only and for those over 18. Please play responsibly and terms apply. (laughs) 
So, welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, and that voice you heard, who, who hasn't left, despite me telling him to, um, and pointed out that he's six foot four and 15 stone, and I've got my back, and he's staying, is Mr Scott Vandenacker. Hello, David. I was one of the few people who did turn up at Parkhead on Saturday in a blue jersey. Um, and for that, I think I'd probably deserve some kudos, or £12,000 a week. To be fair, there were 7000 who did turn up in a blue jersey. It's just, alas, all of them were in yep. the stands. Yes. Um, where do I we, take it we... Yeah, where do we start with this, this clusterfuck of a week? Um, I think we should probably start with on, on the field. Now, I am, I would say, a lot more sanguine than Scott. Scott, oh, yes. is, a, Scott is an emotional man. Scott wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, he's a songwriter of, of much repute. And he's he's... Very much in the romantic tradition of, of writers such as Shelley and, and Keats. Uh, on Saturday, after talking to Scott after the game, when I first heard reports that someone had been found hanging at Parkhead, my worry was either him or he lynched someone. Uh, Scott, you were an angry man. I was. Um, I texted David to say, see, a bit of background for those who aren't pod regulars. No one phones David. No. No one visits David. No. They're not allowed to. No. And people will be going, no, you're not, I don't, I, if you phone me, I don't answer, and if you text and say, can you pick up, I'll text you back saying, no, what is it? And if you go to his house ring the bell, he won't answer. Correct. But, so I texted to say, David, I might need to phone you later, and he said, why? I said, because I'm beep and raging, and my dad's too calm. So, David, basically, I was the receptacle, half oh, an hour, an hour. Of your angry outpourings. Of my outpourings. Basically, I just unleashed and let him have it. You know, well, just, now's you your know. chance to do the same to the listeners to give them a taste of the the good stuff you fired into me. Well, where do we begin? First of all, um, the the team that was picked was wrong. Yes, it was. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> off to a bad start. Go on. And the teams and the players that were picked were shit. And then later on, as we tried to chase the game, it got worse. Yes, it did. So from a bad start, we managed to end the game worse than than it had been earlier. And that's quite something. I'm probably going to use the phrase, do you know what was the worst thing? Quite a lot. So I apologise in advance for my overuse of the phrase, do you know what the worst thing was? And I'll leave it to the listeners to decide what the worst thing was. But to kick off, do you know what the worst thing was? <laughs> the worst... In fact, I'm going to call this episode, do you know what the worst thing was? Right? Because the first thing that do you know what the worst thing is, is... You know that when you know what's going to happen, you can see it coming, you talk about it all week, and you just hope that the manager has something up his sleeve to prove you wrong. But we all knew what was going to happen, and it happened. Yes. That's fucking soul-destroying, okay? And do you, know wor- do you know the worst thing is? What? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah we could the be See, the fact is I even immediately went, what? Because I figured there will be something that trumps mine. And yeah, you know. <laughs> well, the more eager listeners, the keener listeners, the sycophants, if you will, yes. will have noticed something. And do you know what they'll have noticed? What? We didn't do a score prediction last week. No, we didn't. <laughs> and we always usually do. And do you know why we didn't do a score prediction, folks? Because David and I talk quite a lot off pod as well. And we were going to get ridden raw. Sadly. Unless... Something amazing turned up. We both read the team sheet and realised that something amazing hadn't turned up. The manager, you almost have to admire, uh, if it hadn't been so bloody painful, 
his sheer bloody mindedness. To go with a 4-3-3, it was always going to be a gamble and it didn't pay off. Um, I personally don't think Cranshire is a disaster or will be a disastrous signing for us, but only if he's used in the right way. Nico Cranshire is a player at Ibrox, play in a 4-4-1-1 when you just play him off somebody or use for the last half hour. What he is not is someone who can go into the white-hot atmosphere of an away game at Parkhead for the first time in four years. And that was proven. It was embarrassing to watch him and he was going to get sent off and not because he was steaming into tackles, just because he was so off the pace. Um, The centre-halves were clueless, we knew that. But do you know what the worst thing was? We said on the pod... If we can get, they're going to come at us like tigers, right? And if we can get through the first 20 minutes and settle, we'll be in with a good chance. And you know what? We fucking did. We were actually quite good and calm and knocking that about. And you thought, oh, here we go. And then our Achilles heel, as people are describing it, I would say it's more like our Achilles both legs. Because if your whole fucking defence is rotten at corner kicks, and any time the opposition get one, 7,000 away fans and hundreds of thousands on watching on television collectively go, fuck me, then that's more than just a heel. And sure as fate, simple corner swung in, everybody stands watching, and boom, we're a goal down. From there, panic sets in, as it always does with us when we hit a, when we hit a roadblock recently. We're 2-0 down. And do you know what the worst thing was? What was it, David? We then get back into it, because their defence is shite. So the first time we actually put a fucking cross into the box, we score. And by the way, Garner's one bright spot uh, last week. Well, Windass when another one comes in, but um, Garner will score lots of goals. He's just a finisher. You know, he's already played with the, the friendly and now this. He's got two goals. He, he'll score goals. We don't need to worry yeah. about that. So we get back to 2-1, and I'm going, if we can start the second half well and put them in the back foot, you never know. And we did! Yes. And for 15 minutes. And then it was almost like Barry Mackay missed a chance and everybody went, ah, oh, well, that's that fucked then. And then... Do you know what the worst thing was? What was Philippe it? Philippe Senderos, right? He meant that. And this is the thing, I'm, I, I've not tried to be controversial here, but the reason I'm saying that is, we've all done it, even for just a split second, and you realise you've made a mistake. I remember at school, there was this guy, who was when I was in primary four, there was a guy in primary seven, right? And he was a nutter. He was an inbred, quite clearly, you know, mutant. Rangers fan, obviously, because it was co-winning. But you know what I mean? You know the type. His family had a house. He would have, he would have been a Celtic fan if there had been any. Yeah. His family had a house that could be transported quickly between areas. And he was, you know, eight generations of inbred. And he had one eye, four ears. You know the type. But he was absolutely huge. And one day, during a game of football at school... A, a slit, a big big bully guy that everybody avoided. One day during a game of football, he slid into me and kicked me in the leg, and I kind of screamed, ah! And he took the piss out of me, and for a second, just a split second, I got, I thought, I'm going to lamp that bastard. And I did. And I regretted it instantly, as he then chased me down and beat the shit out of me. That's what Philippe Senderos did. He was angry. He was embarrassed, he was humiliated, and for that split second, he went, fuck it. And he put his hand up. Now, I'm sure the second he did it, he went, oh my God, I'm going to get sent off, I wish I hadn't done that. It doesn't matter. For that split second, he lost his composure, he gave in, and he hit what I call the fuck it button. And do the worst, that do the was worst to take him out of there. What is do it, the Scott? Worst thing is, the worst thing is that he wasn't even the worst defender on the show. No, he wasn't. And that, Philip Cinderos did not have a good game on Saturday. 
he did not cover himself in glory and he ended up getting sent off and he was still our best centre half. There are people out there that are still saying Kiernan can turn it round. I don't know. And I'm not one for, as you know, arbitrarily throwing people under the bus, he said before we tick off the word Barton on the show run sheet. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't I mean, honestly, the guy's decision-making is dismal. And that's before you get to the fact that we're supposed to be a team that want to pass the ball out from the back. And when he's got a ball at his feet, he makes jobs. He did. No, no, he did. He passed the ball brilliantly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To the Celtic midfield. And it it was another. You know, I actually genuinely thought when we started doing this today, I'm not going to be ranty. I actually thought there's been enough time. You know, I've I've kind of once we've gotten over it because watching Celtic get absolutely humiliated the other night, I couldn't even take any pleasure in it. In fact, it was annoying me. That some Rangers fans were on Twitter making jokes about it, and I'm like, nah, this isn't. That's not who we are, right? No. We, we learn the right to take the piss out of them, and we did not do that on Saturday. And um, what I will say, and I'm going to, we're now going to help Philip Sindros and Rob Kiernan. Do you mean like in a Pablo Escobar take them out the back and say we've solved that problem? That yes, because be... we're going to slaughter all the rest of their teammates. <laughs> right. So, so they the best two players. Yeah, so rather than saying they were good, <clears throat> we're going to help them out by dragging in all of our co-conspirators who were almost all shit. Mm. Now, if you want to play 4-3-3, and David, I'm going to come over old Jonathan Wilson now. Again. Again. Um, we've talked about this in the pod, ad nauseam, time and time again. In fact, the listeners will be able to probably imagine what we're about to say. You cannot play 4-3-3 with that team. No. There's no pace. No. They all want to hold. None of them can run. None of them can link with the attackers. And there's no outball. And there's no movement. It wasn't a 4-3-3. No. It was players, unsuited to it, crunched into 4-3-3 in an ill-suited manner. Yeah. I mean... The one guy who could run with the ball was Josh Windass, who was uniformly, I think, named by Rangers fans if such a thing was possible, the man of the match. And, or the man who was interested in the yeah. match. And that was because he offered something that none of the rest of them can do. And, you know, like, I, I don't want rid of Mark Warburton. I've seen some idiotic things that say, but he is under pressure. I mean, I'm not going to deny that, but I, you know, if he looks at that and doesn't realise you can't keep trying to hammer in, you know, square pegs into a round hole, which is what he's doing when he's trying to get people to fit his system... However, Scott, mm-hmm. um, we may be, you know, one less square peg. Um, the new, the news breaking tonight that Joey Barton has been sent home by the club and will not feature on Saturday against Ross County after a training ground bust up with Andy Halliday. Um, you, Scott, I've never really hidden uh, your concerns about Joey Barton, and that's concerns has been a word that I've carefully chosen to avoid me being named when the police arrest you. So, this is your moment. You very rarely get to, to crow, but uh, go on. Well, and first of all, can I say I'm often right? This is that you never listen to me. Sorry, what? Hey! <laughs> so, yeah, Joey Barton is a grade A cock <laughs> and always has been throughout his entire career since he was young. And I suspected that he wouldn't change simply because he'd signed for Rangers. He would be a cock who'd sign for Rangers. And that seems to have been <clears throat> the case. I don't like his social media outpourings. 
<clears throat> I don't like his views in politics. I don't like him in question time. I don't like his slow ponders. On the pitch, Joey Barton resembles me at quarter to three in the morning at an indie disco, <laughs> full of booze, trying to chase a girl who's not interested. That's how he goes after attackers. That sort of cumber, cumbersome, hideous first touch of Fred West. If, you're, no, if you're going to come up... To, in fact, if you're going to get into any league and you're going to give it what he gave it, then you yeah. are either going to have to produce on the field or be able to take the consequences of that. Yes. And, and can I also say, on Saturday, when the teams lined up, and I saw this later, I was at the game, so I didn't see it, I saw it later. See, when he had to meet Scott Brown, he shat it. Did you see him? Mm. He was staring at the ground, chewing yeah. gum. Um, see, you're right, all the talk beforehand is about his best play, he's going to show, put people in their place. He was awful. If you're going to build yourself up to be the old firm meister, do not perform like that. And if you do, as David says, take your shit at training, take your slaggings on social media. And don't react like an arse. No, don't be an arsehole when you've been that bad after what you said you were going to do. And not in private, what you told the whole world. Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, you were going to do. If you are going to go out there and say that you're all of that um, and you don't do it, then there's going to be laughter and there's going to be slagging and you've got to be prepared to take it and work hard. And people, some people are saying, you know, well, other players have been sent home from training before. True. There are bust-ups all the time. True. And you you wouldn't want them all to be laughing and joking after a performance like last week. Also true. However, when you're five games into a season and into your career, you're 33 and you're only on a two-year contract anyway. This is not a young guy that we think will rehabilitate for the future. This is not a guy that's got a laundry list of achievements with the club behind him that will go, right, we'll overlook that. This is a guy who's five games in, clearly unhappy, obviously, and isn't popular with most of the support at the moment, I would say. Certainly, you know, from mm-hmm. from anecdotal evidence and, and the stuff that comes into us. And I think it's difficult to see a way back. I really do. Because if he gets into the team and plays badly, the fans will be all over him. Yep. I don't think he has shown anything that suggests he's going to knuckle down and work hard and, and do what the gaffer tells him. And I do wonder if we wouldn't be better off. And, you know, I was excited by... But the pedigree of the guy, although obviously we expressed misgivings on the show, I just think that that Rangers team was better. Not flawless, made a lot of mistakes last season, defence was still shit, but there was an honesty about them and there was a sense of togetherness and a bunch of young guys, you know, because the average age was 24, who were working together, who really believed in the manager, who wanted to do it for them and for the fans and if anybody, that's all I'm saying, I'm not, not saying Joey Barton's done this, but if anybody is interrupting that or doesn't buy into that and feels apart from that, then we're losing a lot and we're not getting it back through the performances of Joey Barton so far. I think that's there's, there's two problems and I think you've hit the nail on the head with one of them is we had a... Now, David, many people would say this wasn't actually a choice. It was forced on us. But we had a wage structure. Mm. Joey Barton, apparently, but again, let's not use tittle-tattle, but apparently he has broken the wage structure. His particular deal is 
above everyone else's. I think you would assume that that's the case. I think that's a fair assumption. I mean, so, yeah, I don't think it's he's assumption on, we're making. Yeah, okay. Ronaldo money, but he will be on more than than anybody else. That that's and just that logical. was always a gamble. And that was the kind of player who, rightly or wrongly, but we are football fans. Okay, we're not psychologists. As football fans, when someone breaks your wage structure and comes in, you expect certain things on the field from them. They kind of have to be your best player immediately. He's been terrible. So that's the first thing. There is the thing about upsetting the apple cart in terms of the wages and his attitude. And guys, look, there's a lot of guys at that club who will be hurting about this. And I don't know what went on in the training ground, but you can imagine. Secondly, it's very tempting now, and this is Joey Barton's unfortunate situation, it's tempting to look for a scapegoat who's on massively high wages. Yes. Um, and, the, oh, look, there's a scapegoat who's our highest earner. And I think he will. I find it hard to find a way back from this, especially because whenever anyone is on, not blaming him, I'm talking to people who aren't anti-Joey Barton, but talking about tactics on various websites, and, and David and I talk about it all day as well, he is very much seen as being the reason we are so ponderously slow. Mm. The reason the 4-3-3 is not working, it's not personal for most fans. I'm one of the few people who actually objected to him, I think, as a person. People are actually starting to object to the way he makes us play. And I think it's going to be very hard to make a 4-3-3 work with him. And as you say, that makes a way back even harder, not only personally, but now in a footballing sense as well. It's 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 very going to be very tough for him to play his way back into our affections or the managers. Now, if there's one thing as Rangers fans we've or should have learned over the last few seasons, it's that things can often get worse before they get better. I would like to see a, a big turnaround on Saturday, but it's it's tough. You know, my boxing metaphor I use quite a lot. When when a guy gets knocked down to the canvas and pulls himself up. In Hollywood, he knocks the guy out, but more often than not in real life, the other guy comes in and finishes him. And yep. Saturday, it would be great if we could go out and have a great performance and a big win. But a win is is vital, and doing the basics better is, is vital. And we've got a tough month coming up with a lot of tough fixtures, and I think that maybe now expectations should have been tempered and maybe now we'll start to let's just look for gradual improvement week on week. That doesn't mean that we're going to start winning four 0 automatically. Let's just hope that we start to even if it's one nils and two nils, and start to show a little bit more of the grit that a Rangers team in this division will need. There's three things I think I would say after after digesting what happened on Saturday. Obviously, I was raging at the time, and and since I was angry with what I saw. But the three things come here. Number one, as David says, what we're looking for as fans is improvement. The legendary plan A, and let me get this straight, folks. I am not saying that Mark Warburton should be sacked. I'm not saying that this. I'm not saying anything. What I'm saying is, his defenders, the ones in social media, people I speak to, say you can't get in the way of a guy who's trying to make us play at Barcelona. My, we're not. Okay, we're not playing anything like we're shit to watch. And like David, I just want to see us make incremental improvements. We have to get better at football. And incidentally, I think results will improve as we do. Secondly, I think we have to start picking players on a range of skills that they have to fit into the manager's 4-3-3 rather than reputation or salary. I think it is time to drop certain people and bring certain people in. I think Jason Holt cost £15,000. 65. He's been missed. 65. 
Yep. And people at him, we need to start looking at who will fit this 4-3-3 and make it work and think the unthinkable perhaps and drop some of the higher earners. And thirdly, and this is the thing which I'll say, the last thing I'll say about the Mark Warburton thing, because some people have gone absolutely mental about it, right? It just crackpots. But what I will say, going into this game, we didn't do a score prediction at the weekend because David and I had our own suspicions about what might happen. If by December the 31st, let's face it folks, that's three and a half months away, if we're going into that game, watching it behind the sofa like an episode of Doctor Who, expecting a scudding again, then you don't need me and you don't need David to tell you exactly what is going to happen. And I'll probably leave it there. Right, uh, good point. Before we move on, I think it would be uh, not only remiss, but um, bloody stupid of us not to discuss the off-the-field matters. Um, listen, I accept a lot of things that go on at football matches. And I've been one for years that have said that the... They're trying to criminalise what has always been just traditional banter. And I've got no problem, no problem at all with Celtic fans chanting user deed. And I've got no problem with them waving banners about zombies and Hector the Taxman and Craig White. Anything else they choose to do, that's fine. I have a problem when I see people, and I would have a problem in any football stadium in any part of Britain when people unfurl effigies of 8,000 people 200 yards from them, or 7,000 people, I think that that goes beyond any sort of sporting banter. That goes into sheer hatred. Secondly, a few people have said that it was insensitive because Chris Boyd's uh, brother sadly took his own life last week. And it may have been seen as a reference to that. It wasn't about that. I don't think for a second it was about that. But nor do I think that some of the defence, which has been... Well, it was about Rangers being being dead as a club. Okay, I would have believed that if it wasn't for the, the tiny detail, the tiny but important detail of the arms being tied behind the back, execution style. That was... Effigies of lynched, executed Rangers supporters. And that, to me, is just something that we can't accept. Now, the answers that we are getting from people... For years when I was doing the trust thing, I would always get told... And I did do this, I admit. I, I did sometimes use, well, what about this? When people focused on Rangers problems, because I felt at times there was an unfair focus on, on Rangers issues and other teams got got off with it the same people who did that are now saying as a defence to this I but toilets and it's like well what about it he was wrong for us so why suddenly is what about it okay for you it's not the toilets was, was awful happens at every old firm game right but it was, did look particularly bad I'll agree with that Rangers will pay that and our, the people who did that are idiots we know that um, they're aggressive they're, they're stupid it's vile don't do it you're just hurting the club and the kind of people who do it are the kind of people who vandalise phone boxes or who, you know, paint graffiti. That's something that happens and it's bad. But this idea that because of that, me and you and our families and people around us that are Ranger supporters are fair game to be targeted with that type of abuse, I find that appalling and I find it morally wrong. And I think that this idea of equivalency 
which, as I say, people who for years didn't want to hear about equivalency are using with the I but toilets defence. There's a reason that if you send someone a death threat or if you smash up a phone box, there will be a different sentence. So there is no equivalency here about what was worse. Rangers will quite rightly chastise the fans who did this. But for Celtic to do their usual, circle the wagons and not condemn this is appalling. That was... If we had seen that site at any other ground in the UK, we would have been united in condemning it. It was awful. It was appalling. And when you then add it into to banners saying, kill all Huns and know your place, Hun scum. Know your place, Nuco. No problem at all. Know your place, Hun scum. Nah. This is when it's gone too far. And unless action gets taken against the people who do this, because they know who it is who's doing this, then it's just going to continue and get worse. And what we saw on on Saturday was an escalation of something that has been coming for years because they will not deal with this issue. I think there's not much I can add to that, except as someone who was there, Celtic have to think about this. I know a lot of Celtic fans listen, and some sensible ones, someone that David talks to on social media. When I made it known that I was going to the game, this isn't right, but my phone is ringing and people are saying to me, take care, be safe, just get out of there. Pause and think about this, Celtic fans. Is that right? Is that the messages that I should be getting on my phone? Just don't get killed. Something has gone past banter here, okay? And it's time for Celtic FC to rein it in. They know who these people are. The photographs are there. The people who are holding the effigies. And what's worse to us they were helped in with these banners. These banners need safety certificates. They need to be seen before they're unfurled. People saw what the displays were going to be and okayed them. That's one place they could stop. If you're looking for, oh, what can we do? There's a beginning. When you're reviewing the banners and you realise they're offensive and filthy and disgusting, don't let them display them. And there's a start, something we can all build from. And that, I'll, I'll leave it there just now. Yeah, let's face it. If Rangers fans had hung an effigy to mock executed Celtic supporters had unleashed a banner saying kill all F word scum and one saying know your place F scum there would have been uproar, there would have been questions in parliament we know this, this is a fact and it goes past banter and the other defence of ah Hun's not sectarian here's the thing chaps if people find the word offensive The people using the insult don't get to be the people who decide if it's offensive. That's not how it works. It is offensive. We know what you mean when you say it. In much the same way, by the way, quite rightly, that they condemned the F word. Because let's face it, Rangers fans were using it to to describe people of a certain religion. We know that. It goes both ways. And it's this... We want you hammered for everything, but we want to be allowed to act in the way that we please. That, I think, most people find offensive. I do want to point out that most Celtic fans I know, I admit I don't know an awful lot, but the ones I do know were absolutely appalled by it on Saturday. And it is this, yeah, some people will laugh, but this minority of Celtic fans that are obsessed with paramilitary behaviour, grown men dressing up 
in fucking combat gear to go to a football match in 2016. This creeping, idiotic, paramilitary obsession is pathetic. And there are people who are turning up in that end at Celtic that are more interested in politics than they are in football. And that can't be good. Yeah. Also, can I say Celtic are encouraging them? They're far too much enthralled to them. And I think it's time that, yeah, they were reined in. I think it's time that that, that group, and we all know who they are, had their wings clipped. But unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be any appetite for it at all. Mm. And the other danger, of course, is when you dehumanise people to the point where, as David has pointed out, no one in Scotland in the media or politics seems to care about any of these banners or any of these effigies. When you dehumanise people to the point where it doesn't matter what happens to them, then you've got other games. You've got, you've got more games this season. This could have afters. This is this builds. And what if it does build? What if the seeds that they have sown build to the next game? What about public safety? People have to take a step back and think about this logically. You cannot just say, yeah, but it was the Huns who were on the receiving end. Who gives a shit about them? They're scum anyway. You have to think about that very carefully if you're in any sort of position of authority before the next game in December and then the next game, I think, in February. Um, it might not end here. And I think you all, anyone who's in a position of authority has to think about that very carefully over the next few weeks and months. There's behaviour that's allowed towards Rangers fans, that term, Rangers fans, that one big amorphous group, faceless group, that wouldn't be allowed towards a Rangers fan as an individual. You know, if people walked up to a Rangers fan and indicated that, you know, performed a mock, a mock execution in front of them, or if people walked up and called them hun scum, they would get lifted. Mm-hmm. The reason that it doesn't happen is because it is in a football ground and it's just Rangers fans. And that term has been used so often and it becomes so reviled that people think the undertone of it is always, the defence is always, you deserve it. Yep. And what I, I don't understand is how it can always be a minority of Celtic fans, yet all Rangers fans are to be judged by the behaviour of the worst of us. And that's not fair. Yep. And it was always it's a double standard. Yep, it was always Rangers should have a stadium closure or a stand closed or fined or docked 25 points for a few folks singing the Billy Boys. Celtic fans, what can they be expected to do about that section in the corner? What can they do? Oh, Celtic fans are lovely apart from some. Oh, the, oh don't talk about those ones in the corner. Oh, what about all the other ones? And, and David's right, it doesn't work that way. If we're talking fines and bans and stadium closures for a minority of fans singing naughty songs at our end, sorry, it's stadium closures, fines and bans for a minority of fans of any other team singing anything or doing anything like that. And as David said, that's not a defence. It doesn't even start to be a defence. It wasn't all of them. It was just some of them. Mm. And what sorry. about to- toilets? Toilets. 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 Yeah. It is, it's ridiculous. Okay then, well, uh, obviously, quite a long one this week because there's quite a lot to talk about, but Scott, I will uh, ask if you can deliver a mini Sporting Integrity. The Sporting Integrity Award is when we look around the world of sport and see who's made the biggest, and I hate to say it, but Joey Barton of themselves this week. Scott, JB can't win it because you're a Rangers player. Rules remain rules. So... We need some some cannon fodder. We need some some people who can be put into the sporting integrity firing line, if you will. Okay, I'll make it brief this week. Um, I am going to start 
with Universidad de Chile coach Sebastian Bicacci. Okay. Who's facing a ban for kicking over a pitch side fridge during a tantrum. A pitch side fridge? Yes, with with its sort of cold drinks in it. He's apologised. He says it's a massive error. I know it's bad. But do you know what he was actually done with? Do you know what the official charge was? What? An explosive act of violence against an electronic device. Oh, the SFA would, would have some sympathy for that. <laughs> so, yes. You know, they, they hate any sort of acts of violence against... Not against humans, but... No, but kick over an advertising hoarding. Kick over hoarding an and advertising hoarding in there. The pitch side uh, fridges, that's fancy. That is quite fancy. Maybe we should all go to Chile. Jing, they've got your uh, Pepsi Max. Oh, I would assume so, but the the thing is, I suppose in Scotland the argument would be it's always freezing, so the juice is cold anyway. Exactly. Can I just say, folks, see we go to David's house. So loath to move around are him and his good lady. They've got coffee makers on every level, and fridges and Pepsi Max fridges as well. It just makes sense. Like if I'm up here, right, and she's downstairs, then. Why would I keep all my just downstairs and have to keep going? And similarly with coffee machines, if I'm up here, why would I want to go downstairs to make a coffee when I can make one up here? It's just sense. It's indolence. It's not indolence. It's just providing facilities in each room. Right. Next, we've got a press conference, which sometimes we're fed up with Warbs saying that he's going to learn from a game. Yeah. We didn't mention that. We probably should have. Yeah. He's going to learn again, apparently. You need to stop it, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Either I, learn or stop telling as you're going to, because at some yes. point people are going to start thinking you're a bit thick. Learn or don't learn. Yeah. But it was probably. There is no try. Just... Let's go, Star Wars. Yes. Do or do not. Mmm. So, one thing is, at least it makes some sense. It makes some sense when he says this. Unlike Botosani, that's the Romanian club, David. Romanian top flight club, Botosani. Their manager, Leo Grosvu, nice. at a press conference. He got to the table and he brought out a jar of pickles. Okay. He said, look at my pickles. This is Romanian football. We are small pickles. Others, do you see these here? They're bigger pickles. There are some pickles in the middle. It's time we're all realistic about this. Do you think that would work with women? Look at my pickles. Look at them. Look at my pickles. Um, I'm going to do that on a bus. I think you should ask somebody to look at your pickles. Yeah, I'm going to go, here. Look at my pickles. And when the guy sort of gets frightened, go, look at my pickles. This is us, right? See us yeah. in this bus? We're the small pickles. See the guy out there in the Porsche Carrera? He's this big pickle. Time to be realistic. <laughs> so I thought, now, I don't know what he meant, but that's yeah, some press conference. No fucking clue, but clearly it's, it's a nice level of mentalness. Uh, and lastly, I'll leave you with this, is um, you have to guess the player, guess the summer signing, David, okay? Okay. 2013, when I was a kid, Arsenal made me dream. They made me dream big dreams. 2014, Arsenal, always my favourites. I love that club. I still love the club. There are rumours, but I have an agent takes care of such matters. But if it's about love, there's one destination. June 2016, as I often said when I was young, Arsenal, the club of my heart, the beautiful Arsenal I call them, the beautiful, beautiful Arsenal. Who was that? I actually know who this was. Who was it, David? It was Musa Sissoko. Who did he sign for? Spurs. 
He did, didn't he? <laughs> Arsenal were the club of his heart, but what he did, what they've cut out of that those comments is, but Tottenham are the club of my wallet. Yes, Arsenal didn't offer him one hundred and fifty thousand pounds no. a week. No, um, and he he totally fucked over Everton on his way there, didn't he? He went. He said he'd come to Everton, but it was late at night, so they offered to get him actually a helicopter. That's right, yeah. And he never turned up. Just never bothered turning up. Um, they offered to put him on a train, but he, they were surprised that he said no to the train. He would drive because obviously the train would be a lot easier, quicker, and you know less hassle. But the reason for it was, is his agent knew that Spurs were still in the bidding, and if he was on a train, obviously he couldn't turn round. But in a car, yeah. Uh, so that's that was the reason for it. And then halfway up, they all switched their mobiles off, turned round, headed back to London, and uh, signed the deal with Spurs, which is absolute cockish behaviour from him. Not for Spurs, by the way. I don't have a problem with that. Spurs did the right thing, you know. But uh, who was yeah? Who was the wee fella a few years ago who drove to sign and, and they wouldn't see him and he sat in the car park in his car? Peter Odom Wenge. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. He, he wanted to go to QPR and West Brom refused him permission to to yeah. talk to them. So he drove down so he anyway. Drove there anyway, and just said, "Well, I'll wait outside till you sign me." And QPR's lawyers went, "Do not fucking let him in here." Um, yes. because we will be breaching so many rules so he did he sat outside in his car until eventually the transfer window passed and he drove back again <laughs> and he made it back so there's hope for Joey Barton yeah there's hope for Joey Barton yeah he made, he made Odin Wingley so there we go there we go um, let's hope the Spurs fans are kind of forgiving although after last night probably not um, I think the award winner this week for um, invoking uh, the, the the great name of uh, Mo Johnson and uh, obviously then later day Robbie Keane by signing for the only team he ever wanted to play for. Um, I think the winner would have to be Musa Sissoko. So congratulations, Musa! You're the winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award. And that is pretty much it from us this week. A fairly ranty pod, but uh, it wasn't planned to be. But it's turned out that way. I don't think there was a lot we could have done about it, Scott. Yeah, I mean, when you when you've lost an old Trump game like that, yeah, you want to talk about it. The way that you did it, yeah, it's, it's impossible yeah. to to. And do you know what the worst thing was? Right, what was it, David? The worst thing was at three one. Just shut up, shop. It's gone. Forget it. Right, we yeah. need to live in this city. And it's. Do you know how annoying it is to have to walk into work on a Monday morning? And every single guy with a cup in his hand outside McDonald's or whatever has a big smile on his face. It's horrible. I know. I mean, the the thing is, do you know the worst of it is? What? Barry Mackay missing that chance and said, I could have scored that. Uh, he's not got off to the best start. Right, we're going to get back into anyway, it. Anyway, we could be here all night. Let's we go. could be here all night. Okay, all that it means for me to do is to tell you where you can get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us through Facebook. Just search for Art Hand Rangers Podcast. You can tweet us at Ibrox Rocks if you wish to talk to me or at Scott Hart Hand if you wish to talk to Scott. All I would like to do now is thank our executive producer in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles and my guest, Mr Scott Vanderacker. Thank you, folks. Hopefully an easy win on Saturday. Three points and we're back rolling again. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host, and I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers, bye.
Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.